Welcome to the Good Money Habits podcast, where we marry financial education with tips from the experts on how to develop good money habits. Knowing what your options are around your finances is one thing, how to translate the knowledge into action for results is quite another. We're all about helping others take steps to gain financial stability, to live a better life. This podcast is brought to you by Lighthouse Capital. It is important to understand that today's episode is of general nature and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situations or needs and may not be appropriate for you. Welcome to Good Money Habits. This is Julia Shortinghouse. So today I'm going to be showing perhaps the nerdy side of my character in that we're going to be talking about one of my favourite topics, which is how to get the most out of your superannuation. Now, having said that, I am ever conscious that my enthusiasm for superannuation is not necessarily shared with everyone for a myriad of reasons and wanted to acknowledge that for some it might just feel just way too complex and with rules that seem to be ever-changing, is it a system that can be relied upon and trusted? The result is that super can all too often get lobbed into the too hard basket. So my aim is that by the end of today's podcast that we'll be able to help allay some of the concerns and doubts you may be having, provide some clarity and resources to steer you towards and importantly address the mental side. So shifting some of maybe those negative perceptions you have around super and we'd like to provide some trips, tips and guidance to help you unlock the many benefits. So if this is a new area for you, back in series one episode four I did work through the basics of super so I'd encourage you to go back to listen to that first episode. There does tend to be a little bit of jargon with super and we're going to avoid that as much as we can today but what we'd like to do today is lean into why super is important and work through some of the more nuanced elements of the super system and highlight some of the opportunities that you might be missing out on. So to help me unpick the ins and out of super, I'm joined in the studio by our business partner from our Southwest practice, Travis Edwards. Travis, welcome. Thank you very much, Jules. So Travis is Director and Senior Advisor with Lighthouse Capital Southwest. Now, Trav, I have to be honest, it is a little hard to not be a tiny bit envious of you at times based down in Bunbury, which is nestled adjacent to the world-famous Margaret River region in WA. Um, By way of background, Travis has completed his advanced diploma in financial planning and is a certified financial planner. Now, I'm going to slip in here as an aside um, that that's how I actually really got to know Travis because we were both studying for this qualification together. And if my memory serves me correctly, Travis, I think we spent more hours studying, debating, and researching assignments than we did talking to our own spouses. <laughs> that we did. That we did, yes. yes um, don't really want to go back there. I think the, the <laughs> scars are still pretty raw. Um, um, Travis also holds a self-managed superannuation specialist advisor designation. However, interestingly, he first graduated with a Bachelor of Science. So Travis has a wide-ranging business and um, vocational experiences prior to financial planning, um, which he commenced in 2008. But if I may say, perhaps most important, Importantly, Trav, I know you to be happily married with two awesome boys. Um, I know you love a nice wine or two, um, boating, surfing, mountain biking, family time. And I do have to say that you do regularly make me feel extremely guilty when we have that odd early morning business chat and you've already been to the gym and you're firing on all cylinders. (laughs) Yeah, well, I've got to find uh, I've got to find somewhere that I can uh, can get to work off that red wine hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I say that's your secret, is it? Um, so, Trav, let's jump straight in. Tell me, where does your passion for financial planning come from? 
look, I, I guess for me, my initial study was was purely for selfish reasons. I guess it was for for my family and I. Um, I wanted to learn more. I guess about the ins and outs of how to become more financially involved uh, in my future, and and really we wanted to better utilise what we'd worked really hard to achieve. Um, I quickly realised, I guess, from there that that financial planners going forward, we've we've got a unique, or they had at the time, I shouldn't say backwards, but uh, we had a, a unique opportunity to, I guess, increasingly become a really primary resource for for those keen to to build a better future. Um, and I guess, uh, as you've touched on already, um, the the tools that we've which we've got. I guess can be a huge uh, part of the financial jigsaw puzzle. So we've, we've got to make sure that we can unpick that. Um, mm-hmm. And super is often the most misunderstood and certainly underutilised uh, in the right circumstances. Um, it's got its complex rules and, and on the tinkering side of things that, that often place, uh, place super in the catch you later basket. Yeah, I totally agree. And in particular, that super is often underutilised. And something that might surprise our listeners is and not that commonly known, is that the super system in Australia is indeed the envy of the world. And Mm. whilst we can always find fault in any system, you know, my view is that Australia actually has one of the most well-developed and robust super and retirement systems in the world today. And I'd argue, you know, if if you were from another country looking inwards, you'd probably be wishing that you had something like what we have down under. Um, But despite that, um, I have found... um, through experience, that superannuation can evoke different reactions and feelings for people. So I touched on the complexity earlier and the changing of rules, which can perhaps lead to a sense of mistrust. Um, Over the years, others have also shared that they feel frustrated that they're prevented from accessing their money, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and others, you know, apathetic that it's it's, um, a a bit apathetic about it um, because it's tied up for so long that it can feel irrelevant um, today. So yet... On the other hand, you know, uh, we see others really embrace it, take the time to learn and seek professional guidance on how to get the most out of it. And it's in this last group where we as financial planners regularly witness examples of people opening up choices for themselves that they might not have otherwise had. Things like early retirement, you know, the ability to enjoy a higher standard of living than they expected in retirement. Or for others, it might be peace of mind to know that if they ever did need to access higher levels of care in their later years, that they've got the means to afford it. That's been in, in, the, in the press a lot lately. So Travis, with that backdrop, from your perspective, why is super important and why should people consider investing into super? Well, I guess I guess the two things that really stand out for me um, are time and tax. Um, I guess time is crucial uh, because people quite often put off thinking about their super for too long because they they're focused on the here and now. Yeah. Um, the earlier you could start to consider any of your uh, your your saving for your wealth, then then I guess uh, the more time you have for for uh, compounding. Um, Jules, I know how much you love compounding uh, yes. to do its work, uh, I guess, before you retire. Um, the other aspect to factor in, I guess, is the, the length of time that you could be in retirement for. You know, it's usually longer um, than it was 10, 10 or 20 years ago. Um, that other lovely part of, uh, of you need the, the consideration for super is tax. And I, I guess uh, super is a good way to increase your wealth without paying as much tax as you may otherwise incur yeah, from very, other structures. Yeah, it's a major benefit, mm. for sure. Um, look, I actually think back to a chart I was shown 
very early on in my career. Uh, it had a lovely title, uh, Months to Retirement. And Do it share. Showed, <laughs> it actually did. It showed some very horrible stats uh, highlighting things like if you're 40 years old now and you want to retire at 60, you only have 240 months to do something about it. So it related everything back to months. It, mm. it said things like, if you want to retire by 65, you have 300 months to get it right. It stuck with me that for every 10 years you have until retirement, you only have every uh, uh, sorry, you have 120 months for every 10 mm. years. So that sort of started to put it in persp- you know, into perspective. So, mm. um, so don't procrastinate. Um, I guess yes, yeah, just start getting your head around super and, and start getting onto a plan. Um, it's also worth noting that the rules to actually get funds across the line into super uh, probably make it harder to start these plans the closer you are to retirement too. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I guess super, the other thing to consider is super is usually associated with uh, with growing your wealth while we're still all working. Um, so, you know, we, we're trying to protect, prepare for our retirement. Um, it's commonly known... In, in most circles as the accumulation phase. Mm-hmm. So I guess, look, some people may get overly concerned about the preservation element or how long your super is going to be locked up for. That's something that scares people, I guess, at the length of time. Yeah. However, I guess with, with good planning, uh, things like bucket strategies uh, and having a long-term view, it's it's consistent with other retirement investment choices. And we've touched on bucket strategies a few times in the podcast where you can um, have different strategies for different phases, different timeframes, different goals. Um, so that's what you're alluding to there. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Um, and I guess the other point that we just raised there was uh, there was time in retirement. Um, uh, you know, life expectancies, the old charts that we can see, they indicate that, you know, we could probably live up to another 30-odd years. Um, people are living longer now than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, my gorgeous Nan, she actually reached the beautiful age of 102, still living at home. Um, wow. Yeah, it's a long time. So she with those genes, I hope you've got your super in order, Travis. Between that and the red wine, I should be well preserved. I think <laughs> we might get there. Um, I guess uh, look, retirement for most of us, could be a long time um, to be drawing the income to support your dream lifestyle. Um, you might need some additional luxuries, um, like continuing to bo- provide fuel for the boat for me. Indeed. Um, but I guess, look, Jules, you're going to be digging into the retirement phase on the next podcast. Yeah, I will be. I'll be interviewing David Council um, from Fitzpatrick's Wealth, actually, so yeah. we'll be looking at that. But let's stick with super for now. One of the key advantages of super are the tax advantages that you've touched on. Can you go a little bit deeper on that for me? I guess when we look at super, I don't think of anyone that I know who could bear the thought of paying more tax uh, from any of their hard-earned nest egg than they have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the tax you pay inside super, when you're building it up, is, is usually less than your normal marginal tax rate. Uh, and with regular contributions going to super via your SG or, or other contribution types, there you go, with Jules, again, one for the compounding effect. Um, the compounding effect would, uh, would amplify and, and really it does help to accelerate the, the wealth creation side of things without any additional elbow grease from you. I like it. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, look, that's what, what makes it a, such a long-term passive investment. People talk about not having to do too much for their investments, so super can actually do that long-term. Indeed, yeah. Um, You've mentioned too, just briefly before, but uh, look, some people have got a goal to retire early, uh, which is great, um, but there's usually a gap between when they actually retire and, and I guess when, uh, when you can access your super. Um, look, super still like to be an important part of the overall plan um, in conjunction with other strategies to meet the gap years, but uh, I guess this is an important part to discuss with your planner uh, for what combination of strategies is, is right for you. Um, 
the other part is, is, I guess we shouldn't underestimate that the cost of living is going to go up with time, um, with inflation. Not that we've seen a lot of inflation in uh, in recent years. No, although one might think we'd be uh, at the bottom if not there already. Yes, mm. yeah. and I, I guess, look, with all the stimulus being injected um, into economies all around the world at the moment, uh, the likelihood is that we, we might just see inflation... The inflation genie, I guess, let out of the bottle. Mm, uh, so yeah, it's definitely more important than ever to to probably look towards a, a more inflation-aware nest egg. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, talking about super, Jules? I, I have to say, I think you've given me the unsexy part of retirement <laughs> planning, um, and not the uh, the sexy part. Am, am I allowed to say that on a, on a um, podcast? I think you just did. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that David's going to get the really interesting part on the next episode. He gets the bit that we're all aiming to get to. Yes, oh, fantastic. <laughs> okay, we might move on. Um, so, do you think there's a perception that super is geared towards and designed for the wealthy? Uh, it's probably a perception uh, for some people, but no, I, I don't. I don't think it is. Um, I've I've found people tend to underestimate how they can grow their super. Um, you don't need to be on huge incomes, uh, and I guess in fact, clients with average incomes have achieved incredible results um, and goals such as early retirement using. The, the compounding effect again. <laughs> That's three times, isn't it? Um, just picking up on that, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, some of um, a lot of clients I work with, it's really interesting what they've been able to achieve just by having good intention and goals and a plan and, and sticking with it. It's been, it's really interesting. It's how true. It I mean, I guess there's, there are some income levels where, where super is not going to be the primary focus. Um, you know, it, it's still going to be worth an initial chat with your advisor just to see if you, you can benefit. I mean, there's other government incentives for lower incomes. Um, there's options for spouses to assist. Mm-hmm. Um, look, in, in these circumstances, I suppose it's, it's still key just to make sure that you have very clearly defined goals around where you want to get to and your wealth creation, um, and, and super may be included in that. And I think uh, taking deliberate steps along the way um, to determine if it's worthwhile is, is something that you, you really should get started with. For sure. And the government, um, though, has been making it a bit harder to contribute. They have, yeah. Look, I, I look at the, the changes probably over the last 10 years uh, or so that, look, they've, they've made it more difficult to get large sums of money into super. If we think back prior to that, there were some good opportunities to, to get some some uh, larger sums into super. And Indeed, made it pretty, millions. Pretty yeah. attractive, yes. Mm. I was alluding to that, yeah. Um, <laughs> the government, look, I, I think that the government want people to have enough to be self-funded, um, but they don't want it to be a structure for the wealthy to to, uh, to invest millions in, in tax-free environments. I mean, they need to get tax dollars from somewhere. But, Precisely, uh, yeah. Um, look, I think we've we've seen things just in this last budget start to open up a little bit um, with mm. the indexing of, of super guarantee from 95 to 10% on uh, mm. the 1st July. Concessional caps have gone up slightly from 25 to 27.5%. And and from 1 July, yeah. From 1 July, mm. and, and that's obviously corresponding to the, the non-concessional caps from 100 to 110. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it is, um, it, it, it's not necessarily for the wealthy and I think it's worth noting too that the government has deliberately set limits uh, on the amounts you can get in to super um, and the amounts that you can convert into a pension, that sexy part, afterwards. <laughs> um, can't say that again, sorry. Um, and look, if we go back again, though, the, the, it, it is still complex and I still think yeah. that advice needs to be sought on all forms of your contributions because it can actually get pretty tricky 
Um, you need to work out if it's viable for you. And look, you've got to be aware too, there is penalties that apply for getting it wrong too. So th- There is. And even though it is tricky, it really is worth taking the time to see what's right for you. Yep. I know another barrier for some people we've touched on already is um, they may not be keen on it because it's such a long time before they can access it. Can you explain when people can access their super? Yeah, that's true. It's often a uh, an interesting topic of discussion. But uh, I think, uh, look, the super benefits are restricted in that they, they can't be touched until you've met a condition of release. Um, so it's, your, your preservation age is, is normally the age that you can touch a super and it's tiered depending on your date of birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other thing too is the answer to whether you should be putting extra into your super above your, your superannuation guarantee will depend and vary again from person to person. Um, I'll highlight, we've, we've briefly touched on it, but look, concessional contributions are only viable if the tax you pay in super is, is lower than your marginal tax rate. That's true. Mm. Um, and then there's a case, look, for, for younger people um, or families, they, they might have competing priorities for cash flow, such as you know the, the home loan or, or debt repayments. Uh, they may have education costs or you need to spend money to protect your, your income sources. Um, I still think that prudent planning could make sure that it's not an all or nothing either. Uh, Paul, uh, small contributions could make a, a huge impact again yeah, over time. that's indeed right, yeah. Um, and again, look, we've highlighted before that things like the tax offsets and the government co-contributions, first homeowners, super savers and other benefits, there's lots out there which, which can assist uh, even those on lower incomes to, to help accumulate their wealth. Fantastic. And turning our minds to... I guess something that I know has come up time and time again, I'm curious if this comes up for you, is concern around constant tinkering of the rules. Oh, yes. Yeah, look, it's, it is something um, we encounter quite regularly. Um, the, the, we've touched on, I guess, most people see their super as, uh, as probably something where they can lose their money. Um, they can't, can't use it. They want to spend their money now. Um, it is, it's, it's there for retirement, uh, which may see a long way off and, and we're not sure how we can use that. And, and I guess, yes, that, that government is always changing the goalposts is, is a common theme. So it's true that it seems that uh, every budget, super is definitely on the agenda. We always hear about it. Um, I guess if we look closely, though, it's all, all tax structures are under scrutiny, whether it be our marginal tax rates, whether it be changes to company tax or the way that income... Uh, from trusts is treated. Um, the, the government will always be looking at tweaking income sources um, to balance out the desire. They always want to maximise tax revenue without stifling the people or the entities paying tax. Yeah. So I guess, look, in relation to super importantly, I think the government will have a desire to make super attractive relative to other tax rates and structures. Um, it's a, uh, that desire to make sure that we are. We're all self-funded retirees. Um, and, or and then as much as we can be, yeah. Yep. And, and then we've got less reliance on, on Centrelink system. Um, let's face it, look, the, the Centrelink system and, and the age pension specifically is, is designed more as a safety net um, and not as an entitlement for those who've already, you know, all, all paid taxes all of our lives. Um, so, look, I, I think legislation changes are, are one of the reasons that, that us as financial planners, we're often in pretty high demand uh, as every change impacts current or future strategies. Um, there's also good resources again on uh, uh, that people can look to. So if you if you want to start self educating, you can go to Asics Money Smart website. So MoneySmart.com.au. That's a that's a great resource. Trav, it's interesting that you talk about the legislative changes um, and what that has created in financial planning. If I go back um, to my late twenties, um, I remember my boss at the time 
um, shared with me that he uh, thinks of Peter Costello as being the patron saint of financial planning <laughs> for introducing the SG system all those years ago. And because it is such a complex system, um, the financial planning industry was born and he's, he's probably right. Probably right, yeah, true. Yeah. So have, have you worked with any clients that were sceptical of super but they've changed their view? Yes, yes, um, lots, lots actually. Um, I've, I've oh, look, I've, yeah, a number of clients who now they understand super. That's probably the big part. Is they they've grown to understand super and they utilise it now as one of the tools available um, to them to create that better retirement outcome. Um, but they didn't always think that way. I've I've got some particular clients who spring to mind. Uh, I met them about ten years ago. Uh, they uh, were, they told me in no uncertain terms that their super, which uh, at that time was probably less than about one hundred and fifty thousand, it, it hadn't and it wouldn't be a priority for for all the reasons outlined that we've discussed already pretty well. Um, for them, property and cash was king, mm-hmm. um, and a barrier for them that was mainly that they didn't understand super. Um, yeah. Their investment property valued back then it was around four hundred uh, was their super. Um, they thought that was going to keep growing and they also used farm management deposits for tax minimisation strategies, um, which obviously invested in cash. Um, it took us probably a year or two of highlighting benefits and, and utilising some of the contribution strategies available to us um, and, and we kept building things along the way. And look, the end result, 10 years later on down the track, is that they, they'll, they're they just about to tick over the seven-figure mark with their super. Um, and this is now the primary focus of their wealth and income discussions with me, that they... They love to find out about their super, even though it's unsexy. <laughs> but well, as I said, it is the unsexy part. But they are. They look. They're just about to embark on the sexy side, so it actually does make it uh, a little bit uh, a little bit better to talk about. Okay. Again. By now, I'm suspecting that you're actually just <laughs> quietly trying to cover up the fact that you're a big nerd, Trav. So, um, changing the subject and back to it. When you're looking to develop strategies for clients around super, how important is it to start early? Very important. Um, look, I, I think back to your comments um, at the start, Jules. I, I think um, something that we've often seen. Look, people feel that they've they've left it too late. Uh, self-employed people um, who've had to focus on on making cash in their business or, or they've seen the fact they don't have to contribute as a bit of a bonus. That's um, so a really good point. They, they don't. Mm. They, they don't contribute. Um, and, and again, that word of their, their business may be their, their future super, but they're basically relying on a future sale value, which is, which is unknown, really. Um, I, I think if they just chipped away at something like super along the way, a bit more of a retirement um, strategy along the way it would have provided an off-business investment and reduced risk overall for, for future income in a lot of cases and again not having all of your eggs in one basket there yep. yeah absolutely it's a yeah, de-risk strategy absolutely um but i guess uh, look to answer your question um where appropriate and again i know i keep saying that but you have to make sure it's right for you but the the, yeah. the earlier the better that you start something and i think that understanding process um is is is, is very, very important. And, and even for those that feel like that they've left it too late, look, there's no point in looking back. Just just start. Get yep. some advice um, on what's the best approach for you. Uh, and as we've said before, we've seen some clients achieve great strides forward and results in, in a relatively uh, short time space. So on a practical level then, in terms of first steps for people wanting to start to learn more and getting more engaged – what should people be checking when they get their super statements? What do you mean? Instead of just uh, filing it in the <laughs> cupboard, <laughs> I know I've got cupboard in inverted commas. Um, <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I don't think they get filed in the cupboard. Very Hopefully often. not. <laughs> um, look, I, I guess a lot of people don't realise how they're invested, um, what the options are. 
they they see that there's a um, lots of different things that they don't understand. And I guess look, depending on the type of super you have, um, the assets are often similar to what you can invest in outside super, which is a common uh, misconception. Um, you can asset, uh, access things like shares, managed funds, cash, turn deposits, um, listed property. And look, under certain structures, investments, uh, investment properties and commercial properties are also able to be inside your super. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the key understanding is that super is, is just a structure and it's not a case of an investment type versus super. Um, it, I think that's a really important point. Yeah, it's, mm. um, which is often... Uh, I've, I've, seen some seminars where it's conferred, uh, conferred like that. Um, mm. And I guess, you know, with super, the one thing to think about is that the same asset um, just has potential tax advantages in super. So, look, I guess leading on from that, um, the other thing you've got to look at now is, is uh, how you're invested at the moment. It's really important that you've, you've got to make sure that you, you get that um, statement out of the bin, I mean, uh, the, the filing cabinet, um, Look, it's usually depicted by a pie chart on your, your annual statement. So if you have a look at the top of the pie chart, um, you should see if this matches with what I call your sleep at night test. So in that pie chart, it'll tell you things like how much you have in Australian shares and international shares and, and those sorts of things. When you look at your sleep at night test, you've just got to bear in mind your age, mm-hmm. um, how long the money's going to be invested. Now remember that, you know, the higher risk should potentially give you some longer-term higher returns, but there's also that... Uh, risk of the larger negatives in bad years. And whether people can stomach that. Yeah. That's it, that's it, yeah. And that's where I suppose it's uh, that sleep at night test comes back in again. So, mm-hmm. um, look, at the, the importance of diversification, we hear that uh, uh, bounced all around the place, I know, and Jules has covered off in previous podcasts, but it's so important um, to look at your asset allocation, look how much is in growth assets, like the shares and property, and how much of it is defensive, like cash, turn deposits, fixed interest bonds, those sorts of things. Um Make sure you find out what fees you're paying. So uh, if you actually ring up a provider, always ask at the end, is that all the fees? So make sure that you get a full picture. Good tip. Um, really important to look at the the nasty side of what we all have to encounter at some stage, but the uh, the death benefit nominations. Um, your super doesn't have to necessarily go through your estate. Um, in some cases it will. Um, if you don't have a valid person you can nominate, it'll... it'll be off through the will, but you can nominate your spouse, children, uh, someone who's dependent on you, um, or you're in an interdependency relationship with, um, or to your estate. Uh, so this, it's an interesting part, but most people don't realise that you can't directly normally nominate, you know, your sister or your brother or your mum and dad, um, unless they meet one of those other criteria, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Um, also interesting, probably, I think, to find out if your nomination's binding or non-binding on the trustee. That's that's the the trustee is makes the ultimate decision. Um, so if the nomination is binding and it's valid, um, then they're bound to act on your on your wishes and where you want the money to go. Um, if the money, uh, sorry, if the if the nomination is non-binding, the trustee could have the discretion to alter who and in what proportions and the benefits paid to as well. So um, and, and make sure you include your estate planner. Uh, when you're doing your wills to know what the nominations you have in place. Um, that uh, is important because it will impact the uh, the work that they do inside the will as well. Yep, mm. good point, absolutely. Um, I'm not going to cover off, probably the other part is, is insurance inside super. I'm not going to cover off in, in any great detail. I think that's almost a subject on itself, uh, in itself. But um, look, don't assume what you have inside is enough um, or indeed it might be too much and you could be paying too much uh, for cover. Um a planner should be able to prepare what we call as a needs analysis and that determines how much you actually need for, mm-hmm. for the cover. Um, 
just be very aware too that uh, we always say don't roll over your super because there could be benefits in there uh, like insurance which if you ro- completely roll over your insurance you you're more than likely your insurance will be cancelled and you you may not be able to get uh, additional cover elsewhere so so the key is to check that first yep don't yeah. roll anything over until you get advice in writing to do so so yeah. Okay, so lots to take in there, and mm-hmm. I am conscious of getting you know too far into the weeds. But the last area that I want to work through um, is how much can you put into super? Yes, it's a good question. Um, look, and there is there's lots of rules. I guess I'm I'm wary here because the look there's there is lots of ways you can apply the the myriad of, of contributions. Um, even in the recent budget, there's there's further changes afoot, and it can vary. From here to the first of July, so, um, but uh, I, I guess look, it's 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 really client specific. Um, so look, I, I guess probably the, the major two I'll just cover off on the two main types um, that that people could do their research and, and again you've got to get advice here because even these can trip you up. Um, the first type that we know about is is the concessional contribution. Currently, that's sitting at twenty five thousand dollars a year. Um, it's increasing to twenty seven and a half as we've already mentioned from the first of July. The the cap. Uh, is obviously subject to age and work test limits. Um, it, it's it's often known as as um, your salary sacrifice goes there, your nine and a half or your super mm. guarantee goes in there, um, and also personal deductible contributions make up this cap as well. Um, the the contributions normally are subject to well they are subject to fifteen percent contributions tax um, could be up to thirty percent percent depending on your your income mm-hmm. and uh, I guess this next bit too um, just I, I, I sorry for getting into the weeds as you've just mentioned <laughs> um, but look if you do intend to claim a portion of your personal contributions as a deduction so as a personal deductible contribution then you need to make sure there's a notice of intent to claim form uh, needs to be submitted to the provider uh, to ensure that you you've got and, and you must make sure that they've actually confirmed that they've got it. If they, no point in you sending it in if they haven't actually confirmed back to you that you've got that, that notice. Otherwise, uh, you, you won't get the deduction. Um, also, make sure too it's it's been done before commencing a pension or rolling to another fund as well. So make sure you get that notice of intent. So just as a side there. Uh, very quickly, look, the, the second type, I guess, is the, is the non-concessional contributions um, these these are the ones that usually uh, I like to refer to them as the ones that you pay tax on already. They're, they're potentially already yeah. sitting in your bank account. Yeah. So currently, if you're eligible, you can contribute up to $100,000, um, lifting to 110 from July, as we've uh, already highlighted. Um, and for some, depending on their age, can bring forward contributions for three years. There's actually also some bring forward um, with the concessionals as well, but we won't dig deep into those at the moment. Um it, the, if you bring forward the uh, the non-concessional contributions, you can't contribute for the next three years. So, and again, just these the contributions are still subject to age balance and potentially other restrictions as well. So, so a little bit to get your head around, but that's mm. that's broadly yep. the two types: so the concessional and the non-concessional yep. contributions. We could keep going for another half an hour on all the other ones, so we we'll won't we keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we might just touch on a couple of. Um, key things or uh, other areas that maybe people should be thinking about so the downsizer contribution can you touch on that um yes look the downsizer is just a new introduction uh, in the last few years it's it's basically for people who who are living at home they don't want to sell their place uh, at the moment or or realize um that they, they still want to live their home and not downsize. So basically this was brought in that when they do decide to downsize, most people are actually past their, their age that they can contribute. So the downsize was basically brought in um, with, with additional 
um, age limits um, and, and I guess um, that you, you can contribute after you sell your home further down the track. So Yeah, and uh, even if it's not past the age that you can contribute, it does provide that option um, hmm. because interestingly the downsizer doesn't contribute to the non-concessional that's right. cap, so it's a completely separate one and one where the government is recognising that I guess for a lot of people a lot of their wealth is tied up um, in their family home. Hmm. Mm. Yep. What about spouse contributions, that kind of thing? Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. Uh, look, I, I normally like to look um, – at the order of, of how we apply strategies, but look in the right circumstances, if you've also got spouse cons- contributions and, and spouse splitting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's also worth mentioning the government co-contribution. If you're eligible, you may be able to get uh, a bonus of up to five hundred dollars in your super for contributing up to a thousand dollars. Look, there's also other things like business concessions, which may be available to, to businesses um, on the sale of their active asset. So that, that may also help to increase super, and indeed some of those uh, rely on contributions to super to minimise capital gains implications. So, look, that's one to, to certainly discuss with your account to see what, if any, options are available and if they're viable for you as a business owner. So I, th- I think that's a really good one for small business owners because mm. I think um, I've seen many occasions where they're just simply not aware that that might be something that's open to them. And again, it's a unique contribution type um, so that's uh, again the government recognising for small business owners um, their business may well be yeah. their key source of uh, retirement income. It's true and that one's actually very important to make sure it's uh, employed in the right order as well. If it's yes. employed in the wrong order uh, you may not get the uh, the benefit or the best benefit or best bang for your buck out of that, that so, strategy. So once again getting some getting some advice around that. Get the okay. advice, absolutely. So I am conscious that it can tend to get a little bit complex um, but the important take out here um, is that it is worth taking the time to look into your options, do the research. Um, if you're able to get advice on what's going to work best for you and your particular circumstances, Travis, really conscious of time. Any final comments that you'd like to share or tips? Look, have to agree wholeheartedly. Make sure you sit down with a, a planner. Um, it, it, it should be a, a nice informal chat first off just to find out um, if, if there's there's any uh, uh, strategies that are worthwhile for you. Look, you can also go and check out... Um, uh, the super rating site so if you want to have a look at how your super compares to other supers out there then then there's resources out there um so yeah certainly certainly go and check those out there's plenty of resources to do your initial research before you go and speak to a planner terrific trav a huge thanks for sharing your insights and experience here today. Been great. Managed Thank you. to drag you up, drag you up into the big smoke out of the beautiful <laughs> southwest. Um, I do hope that we've been able to shine a light um, or a different lens, if you like, on super, and I hope that it's planted the seed for people to get a little bit more engaged to make sure they're getting the most out of it in a way that works for them and their specific circumstances. Join me next time as I'm going to be doing really a part two to today's podcast, which will be looking at. I'm not going to say the sexy side, and I just did, um, of superannuation, which is account-based pensions with David Council from Fitzpatrick's. Um, If you found today um, useful or you know somebody who might find this information um, helpful, please feel free to like and share the links. And once again, thank you for taking the time um, to give me your valuable time and us your valuable time for the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. That was another episode of Good Money Habits, brought to you by Lighthouse Capital. A reminder that this episode was general in nature and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs, and therefore may not be appropriate for you. 
It is recommended that you seek professional advice before making any significant financial decisions. If you want to find out more, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts or head to www.lighthousecapital.com.au.